Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hom, and this is a podcast where we share stories, inspirational stories from other, from real estate investor goddesses, these incredible women who are out there doing the, doing the thing in the world and being successful in it. And our guest today is definitely no exception to that. It's, it's, uh, it's, I'm really pleased and excited to have my friend, uh, Sonia Lee, who started her career like me as a lawyer. And if you're in a job wondering, how can I escape the rat race, um, then you'll love hearing Sonia's story. It's really inspirational. She's the founder of Leeward Real Estate Investments, whose mission is to provide real estate investment opportunities to everyday people so that they can have passive income and create long-term wealth. She's been in doing real estate for over 15 years, and she has a wide breadth of experience and expertise in different classes of assets, as well as in-depth knowledge in construction and property management. Currently, she manages over $30 million in real estate assets internationally. She holds a bachelor's in science and economics and psychology from from UC Berkeley and a JD from USC in my part of the world, University of Southern California. I'm so, so, so excited to have her here with us. Welcome, Sonia. Thank you, Monique. I'm excited to be here talking to you. Oh, now more excited than me. <laughs> um, because I, I really love, I love your story, and I, I want to, I want to start at the beginning. So, I know you, like you, like me, you were an attorney. So, how did you get started in real estate investment? Um, well. I obviously I was I was practicing law. I was doing tax law with a big accounting company, and uh, I've always liked real estate. Life was just kind of flowing along, and then and then I had a child, <laughs> um, and I decided at that moment that I just didn't love my job enough to leave my daughter at home with somebody else all day long, long hours, and so I wanted to do yeah. something more flexible and something that I really enjoy, and um, and I I. I've always thought that I had a, a an eye for unlocking potential uh, in a real estate property, and that was always kind of fascinating and fun. And so I figured at that time um, I would make the jump. So that's how I got started, and I started renovating single family homes, um, properties that I thought weren't being utilized well or dated, and just couldn't see the potential in them. Um, and then I got into a ground-up construction of single residential homes um, in high-end markets. Um, so that's where uh, that I, I've done that for a long, long time, um, and that was a lot of fun and challenging. Um, had to really learn about the construction world and the process and procedures and what it takes to problem-solve when you're uh, developing a property. That's awesome. So I want to ask you a little bit more about the the development side of it. But before we do that, I just I love I wanted to highlight something that you said about having a child and wanting something more flexible, and also something mm-hmm. that you really enjoyed. Because I know a lot of women I talk to think they don't have the time to do real estate, and I love that 
you know, what your story highlights is how it actually can give you more time because it's a lot more flexible than having, you know, yeah. nine to five or as an attorney, seven to nine. Or whatever yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's commute time to work and it's, you're spending most of the hours of the day gone. So, which is yeah. not the case in real estate. You really can control uh, what happens during your day. I mean, it gets it gets really hard. Now, I'm not going to say it, that's, you know, it's it's easy. It's There's a lot more juggling, um, but, yeah. you know, you do pick out the important things. Like I've, I've done a lot of field trips with my children, and I still, you know, get things done at night or just I, my day's within my control, which, which I really value yeah. as a parent. That's that's awesome. So let let me follow up a bit on the the construction side of it, because there are a lot of uh, you know I'm, I'm in this world. There aren't that many female real estate investors in general, which is something that I personally mm-hmm. am trying to change. But I feel like <laughs> in the construction world, it's even that much smaller. Um, there's oh, so yeah. there's so few women that are doing that that part of it. So tell us a little bit more about being in construction, especially being in construction as a woman. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, I definitely ran across men who did not give me any credit Um, Mm -hmm. and some never will. Some have changed their minds. You know, eventually they learned that I, I can deal with the situations I can actually uh, make good decisions and um, be a good problem solver. So they um, I've made a lot of great friends with my subcontractors and contractors. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a great journey. It is, it is definitely a man's world. I mean, you're going to go out to the construction site and everybody, everybody's a man. Yeah. Um, so you're definitely out of place. And sometimes I would show up in my, heels. I have to go do something else that require that outfit and <laughs> people would have recognized who I am. <laughs> There's been definitely funny um, incidents. And, but I think, you know, construction, a lot of construction management is problem solving and um, multitasking and being able mm-hmm. to think about it and just kind of, um, you know, being a mediator between lots of different people who are playing different parts. So yeah. I think that as Women, I actually have an advantage of being that. So, yeah. um, you know, unless I, I'm, I'm definitely not out there, you know, nailing anything into the walls, or I'm terrible at that kind of stuff. But um, development is, um, it's, it's really problem solving on a daily basis. So, yeah. um, and you're problem solving amongst people who are uh, doing different tasks because don't know how to communicate with each other. Usually, a lot of problems. Uh, result from that lack of communication so I facilitate that so you know a lot of it is really rewarding you just um, it is man's world but I never really felt like that got in my way Um, you you know there's always going to be people who um, that wouldn't want to work with you whether because you're a woman or some other reasons but um, I think for the most part I, I really enjoy that world yeah um, yeah, we were doing a lot of construction, especially when we were flipping and, um, or you know, in our rehab yeah. projects. And I don't, I don't think it, it's, it's definitely not a, a downside. It's just you know, you have to get used to the fact that you're probably gonna, you might be the only, quote unquote, skirt in the room. But right. <laughs> I think you're right exactly. that 
as a as a woman, we do bring a lot of things to the table uh, that mm. that add value in terms of being able to multitask and problem solve. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. You know, I mean, awesome. I, I've never. Um, I've never had any problems talking to men, and so I'm not afraid or uncomfortable in those situations. So as long as you're you're not that, then I don't think there needs to be any kind of fear just because it's a man's world that you know you can't do this. I think I think there's plenty of um, opportunity for women to get into development or in construction. Right. Um, so yeah, going back to your story, you talked about renovating single-family homes and doing ground-up construction of single-family residential homes. I, I personally know you've done a lot of different asset class other than single-family residential since. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, the, the different types of asset classes that you are currently um, managing because you're, you're managing a bunch of different real estate assets. Yeah, Um well, as I said, I, I did single-family uh, construction for a long time and, and mm-hmm. helping with the design process and, um, you know, taking it all the way to dealing with the end users. And, um, you know, that, that was really fun and interesting. Again, as a woman, I felt that uh, being a woman developer was really uh, needed because we think about yeah. – how a house is going to be used. You know, I think about a family situation or how a particular area might get used and really pay attention to that. And I think as a result, I produced a better product. Um, And then, so that's, you know, that's one class. And I got into multifamily investment, um, just realizing cash flow and passive income. Um, And I've done a lot of, direct management of those properties. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's that's hard work, but I also realized uh, during that phase that, um, you know, people are paying rent and it's, this is their home. And if you're on the same um, side with them and understand that what they're going through, um, you know, it, it could be a really rewarding experience also. Um, wow. Let's see. I, so I've, just, I've just to pause of, you for a second. So when you're saying direct management, yeah. you were doing the property management yourself for these um, these buildings, or, right? Or you correct. had outside was, property uh, management. Okay. No, I yeah. I, when I started with the smaller investment, I, I um, directly managed them, and I, I actually believe it or not, still have a couple of properties that I directly manage uh, for one reason or another. Um, and so yeah, I the tenants would call me. They had my number, and I go. Mm-hmm. I would court the repairs and or collect the rent and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I was very much thick into it. Wow. Okay. Um, how many units were you directly managing? Um, I think I, at one point directly managing probably twenty-five to thirty at one point, um, wow. and then I had. I had a 140-unit building that I wasn't directly managing. I had an on-site property manager, but I would be supervising. So Okay. I've done very various levels of uh, pro- uh, property management, and um, you know, now it's gotten so easy. You uh, Most tenants just text <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, communicate through via email or portal, you know, software. And so um, I think that part – 
communicating with them has gotten much easier. You don't have to be around. You don't have to be able to take a phone call. Um, Most problems could be resolved just online or with quick text. So I think it's gotten a lot easier. Wow, good for you. I thought I have two two units. I'm self managed. Everything else is we have professional property management, and just having the two. It's like wow. A lot. Yeah, you know what? It really depends on the tenant, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, our tenants are pretty yeah. easy. I, I hear from them maybe, you know, other than getting the monthly check, I hear from them like once a year. <laughs> so they're fine. Oh, those, um, are, those are good tenants. They're amazing tenants. I love them. <laughs> yeah. And in each yes. of the units, they've been there at least seven years, so it's great. Um, and, good reasons okay, to so, love them. Yeah. So, you're, so you've done the the multifamily and I know you've also done student housing and other things. Talk, about, talk about some of the other asset classes you're you've invested in. Um, yeah, I've done I've done student housing um, and I've done a recreational RV park uh, managing mm-hmm. not not directly managing but I, I own um, those asset classes as well. And uh, actually, I, I own a RV park that specializes in snowbirds. Um, snowbirds meaning retired folks who come to Arizona, or this particular property is actually in Arizona. They come to Arizona in the wintertime because it's warmer. And yeah. so I, I had the student housing and the uh, snowbird park, RV park at the same time, and the on-site property managers would tell me and some of the problems they're having with their tenants and I would go visit and it's I you know I used to laugh because on one hand I had these kids who were tenants student housing mm-hmm. college students and then the other hand I had you know 60 plus year olds who you know had who lived together on this RV park property but the problems were always the same <laughs> So like what? You either you either had teenage drama about roommates or um, <laughs> relationships, and so and so's girlfriend is now dating the downstairs guy, and now they're not getting along. And then the other other park, you know, this this uh, person is not getting along with this person, and the rumors flying around. It, it, it was just really funny, but basically That's hilarious. Very different groups, but with same exact problems. Maybe they weren't interdating as much as the college students, but other than that, pretty similar. <laughs> uh, Although I hear there's a lot of dating and um, well, this is the off topic, but it's one of the yeah. highest of, uh, STD rates are in, among senior citizens. Ooh, <laughs> so yeah, maybe <laughs> Commercial properties. I have managed some commercial properties, which is also interesting. Um, you meet a lot of people, and you hear their business and, and strategically at a location uh, what business fits uh, better. And having that connection with certain businesses, and um, to my surprise, there's actually a lot of cold calling in in commercial tenants and uh, commercial properties hmm. because want to make connections with the right businesses and you see they have a real estate property need um, or I might want to Starbucks at a certain location and so I call them up and say I have you know this and wondering if there's any need on Starbucks side so wow. uh, it's 
you know, you know, a lot of a lot of real estate is just making connections, as you know. And I, I find that, in fact, in commercial real estate, that's that's especially true. Yeah, real estate is most assuredly a relationship game. So it's yes. all about Very you know, so. getting getting into more and more relationships so you can have more ease. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. All right. So I know that now you. You also so you've bought a lot of things and done a lot of things on your own account, but now you syndicate. So you bring groups of investors together to purchase different things, and I even have recently created a fund where the fund is you know, people are investing in the fund and they're investing in different projects. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. Okay. Um, well, I am. Uh, I've created a fund where I link the opportunities I find with people who want to invest in real estate. So I'm trying to provide investment opportunities to uh, lay people that who might not have access to these investments. So usually they're bigger deals. Um, they're not on the market. And uh, mm-hmm. one could only participate in these deals. Uh, through networking and and only if you have a substantial amount of capital generally. So, yeah. you know, it's not something people would see on the MLS or even, you know, just at a cocktail party. You might hear big companies doing certain huge development work, um, but you wouldn't have privy to that. Um, but we as real estate, you know, full-time real estate people, and you and I do a lot of networking events and we try to learn about each other's business, come to – um, these opportunities and yeah. a lot of these uh, developers and investors that are out there doing big projects need capital um, and so I provide people who want to invest in real estate with their smaller capital pull them together and you know bring them to the opportunity that, that needs the capital Great. And I, I, it's, I yeah, it's, it's really, yeah, it's just great because, uh, you know, a lot of times it's the geographical limitation that, that limits capital to that project or sometimes it's just a developer or a investor is very busy on the ground doing what they need to do and, and don't have time to go out and look for capital. So I find it very rewarding for both myself and for the people who are investing um, to make that connection and make things happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I personally know this. <laughs> you're you're yeah, investing exactly. in a deal I'm working on, so um, it, it, it yeah. it's great now you can be this matchmaker between um, opportunities exactly. and and capital. Exactly. Uh, that's yeah, cool. and there's such exciting opportunities, and um, you know, people people don't know it, people don't understand it, uh, but you know, like the opportunity that you and I are working on, there's it's taking advantage of certain um, something that's temporarily occurring, but it's a great and tremendous opportunity, um, but it's far away and people in California have no clue what's going on in that part of the world. And, you know, yeah. range gap is certainly a, a lot of fun. Yeah. And also people don't necessarily want to know. They just want their money working better than if they know if it's in the bank, it's making that thing. And they are excited if they can make the return on their on their capital. That's, that's all they care about. This is having their exactly. money, make the money, versus having to yeah. know all of the ins and outs or having to do the property management themselves and all of that stuff. Yeah. 
So Oh, definitely. And it, it is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And for the most part, a lot of investors don't have the time um, to get yeah. to know and learn how to do it and actually do it. So, um, again, it's a great opportunity for the investors, uh, if only they have privy to these opportunities. So, um, yeah, it's nice for everybody. That's awesome. Now, um, I know that a lot of your investors, I want, I'd want to talk a little bit about you know, some cultural differences because a lot of your investors are Korean, Korean-American, you're Korean-American. Um, what are some of the, the differences that, if any, that you, you find uh, culturally between different you know, that, that that group of investors and um, maybe – I can't say typical American, but whatever that means. <laughs> just yeah. you know, think some yeah. some investing things that are you know unique maybe to to that community. Yeah, um, yeah. There's some key differences. Um, I would say my father generation is uh, they they're immigrant generation, so they they came yeah. to this country um, in their sometime in their uh, adulthood or. Um, young young person and a lot of them have small businesses and that's that's mm-hmm. uh their you know means of livelihood and i think because they have small businesses and they're entrepreneurs they're more open to real estate as real estate yeah. is really small business and so mm-hmm. they understand the risks better, they understand how it gets operated. And I think sometimes because of that reason, um, it's easier to talk to them about real estate. Um, they also uh, really value real estate. And I, I don't know um, exactly why that is, but um, they like owning real estate. They they like the fact that it's always going to be there. People will always need houses and businesses and, you know, has to be housed and and in real property. So I think land is valuable to them, more valuable to them. They value it more. And so um, yeah. they, they, they like it. I, I think it's also the tangible nature of it. I mean, stock and bond market, all of that is great, but it's really, it's paper asset that that's not really familiar to them. Um, yeah. Frankly, it's not familiar to me. I don't understand myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. So, you know, for them, yeah. Running their own business, having control over their own investment, I think is crucial. And so yeah. real estate uh, provides you with that tangibility and, and control. And so I think it's more attractive to them. That's great. So they're totally on that right side of the co- the quadrant, huh? the cash flow quadrant, so the investor and the yeah. business owner. Yeah. So then this, yeah. you know, real estate, a real estate business makes perfect sense to them. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm sure some of it is just truly lacking the, uh, they may may lack the accessibility to bond and stock market, maybe because they can't really communicate with your money manager at Lehman Brothers as well, and it's uh, it's foreign concept, and so maybe they should tend to shy away more from that, but, you know, again, you and I have no problems talking and communicating, and we understand the terms and how access you know, it's really yeah. hard to understand um, what really happens in a mutual fund or even just calculating the fees and what your benefit is and how all this stuff works. It's just So I think uh, they, they tend to gear towards a simplified means of investment. 
which I'm all for. I'm 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 there myself. Yeah, me too. Um, it just, yeah, it just makes sense. Real estate is real. It's tangible. <laughs> in the right people. Yeah, it's there. Well, we need a place to live. <laughs> so, <laughs> it makes complete sense to me. Um, yeah. All right, so. I'm going to ask you one more question before we go into Trinity's. Um, wow. uh, so, uh, actually, I have two questions. So, what's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate, and what did you learn from it? Well, um, I think everybody makes one, at least one big mistake. Um, I was not understanding that. Um, you know, higher cap rate doesn't always promise, promise a good investment. <laughs> and yeah. in fact, there's a there's a, a extremely great cap rate. It's it's probably because there's a reason for it. It's really risky, risk. or you know, operating is difficult, or all of that kind of stuff. So that's one um, lesson I've learned that if something seems yeah, it's this and we're into it. If it's in an area you don't I'm really not, know. I'm not hearing you well. Stay. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you? Is it better? That's better. Here? Yeah. Okay. So especially, I don't know how much you heard, but especially if it's in a location you don't know very well or in a different state, yeah. you really have to dig into why. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I would that's say awesome. that's one big lesson. And then sometimes... You know, when things aren't going well, and this goes with the mistake, is that once once you start getting into that emotional um, hardship where you feel like, okay, I've, I'm so tired of this, it's really hard to unlock your creativity and solve problems. <laughs> and yeah. so I also learned that, you know, at some point, um, whether because you're you're too emotionally drained or maybe it's a dying property anyway, something just isn't going right, and you just have to cut your losses. And move on. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. Hard. Yeah. It's hard to do, but you got to do it. Yeah. Great. So you kind of answered my other question, which was what advice would you have? And yeah. I think, you know, in looking at your re- reverse engineering the mistakes, is that great advice? Yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, but, we, you know, already. Most problems can be uh, solved with creativity and, and some out-of-box thinking. So unless unless you're so emotionally bogged down, I think, uh, you know, most mistakes are not fatal and you could you could correct it. And taking, Absolutely. you know, taking the action and jumping in, I, you can definitely accomplish a lot. So I would say that's, you know, also advice I could give. Don't yeah. be afraid. So true. Great. Love it. Um, okay, so we have time for a quick Trinity. So for those who are not familiar, Trinity is a brag, a gratitude, and a desire. So what is one thing you're celebrating right now? What What are you bragging about? Um, I am celebrating that we're going to refinance uh, my very first syndication. Um, I did that about four or five years ago, and it's been great. And my investors are going to get – all their money back, we've been enjoying 15% annual returns on it, and they're going to get their capital back, plus we're going to still enjoy the ownership of the property. So I'm celebrating that. I'm very excited about that. Awesome. Yeah. Well bragged. Uh, <laughs> one thing you're grateful for. Um, 
know, I, as, as I do this business and meet people and, you know, out there doing my thing, I'm always grateful that my parents, um, and especially my dad, raised me um, not to be afraid take risks and especially my father being Korean American and generally uh, being on the conservative side um, he always told me to go out and be a productive member of the society and waste my education don't just sit around and and I appreciate that because I that always rings in my head and I'm out there pushing myself and doing the thing that I love doing Great. Okay. Beautiful gratitude. And uh, what is one thing you desire? Um, well, I mean, obviously we all want health and well-being of ourselves, our family and children. Um, but, you know, outside of that, because I'm uh, expanding my business currently and really embarking on this connecting the capital with opportunity for lay people to uh, invest in, um, I love for that to be successful and help help people uh, open their eyes to the financial opportunities in real estate and realize that amazing reward that you and I know about. Yes. So shall it be or better than you can imagine. Thank you so <laughs> much. Um, Thank you. So, and, and if people want to know more, how can they find out about you? Um, they could go to my website, leeward rei.com um, and it has my contact information as well as some of the information uh, about the the investments that I'm currently making. Fantastic. All right. LeeWordREI.com and before we leave, I want to share a big brag of my own. My book, oh, The Real Estate Investor do. Goddess Handbook is launching. Yay! Next Tuesday, Yay. June 27th. Oh, wow. Um, Congratulations. So, thank you. Pick up your copy and pick up a copy or two or ten for your girlfriends. Um, anybody yeah, definitely. Will do. in real estate. And uh, so I will I will share that. Um, and there'll, there'll be lots of great bonus goodies available for people who purchase on that day. So you can um, – Go. I'll put a link at the bottom of this podcast so you can find out information and get on the, the that list so you, you can remember to get the book then. All right. So that's, that's great for us this week. Thank you so much, Sonia. That was amazing. Uh, there, I feel like there's oh, so many more questions you. I have for you. We'll have to have you back again. <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> okay. So sounds much good. Enough to, to come back. Thanks. All right. So everyone have a great week. Keep it juicy and pleasurable in your investing and join us next time. Bye.